Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Clever Girls Know podcast. This is Bola Shokumbi. I'm the founder and CEO of Clever Girl Finance. The Clever Girls Know podcast is a podcast for women, offering a space for conversations around personal finance, business, life, and living. I'd love for you to subscribe to this podcast, and you can do that everywhere you listen to your podcast episodes. And if you love what you listen to, head on over to iTunes and leave a review so that other amazing women just like you can find this podcast as well. I'd also love for you to stop by clevergirlfinance.com. We have new content on the blog multiple times a week. We have over 30 plus free courses. Plus, when you sign up for a course, you can talk to a Clever Girl Finance mentor for free to get encouragement, motivation, or if you just want to have an open, no shame, no judgment girl talk. Finally, check out our YouTube channel. Just search Clever Girl Finance on YouTube. And if you don't already follow us on Instagram, you can find us at Clever Girl Finance. Okay, so let's get into today's episode. So on today's episode, I have my dear friend and family, Nana Akiwowo, on the podcast to share how she's building a business focused on postpartum care for mothers. So I'm excited to share this episode with you guys, and let's dive in. Hey, Nana, welcome to the Clever Girls Know podcast. I am so excited to have you here to share your amazingness with the Clever Girl Finance audience. Hey, Bola, how are you? Thanks for having me. And I'd love to start out by having you introduce yourself and tell everyone who you are and what you do. Okay, so I am Nana Aysen Akiwowo. I am the co-founder of Fourth Phase, a one-for-one after-birth care box for new mothers. I'm also the founder of African Health Now, which is a uh, nonprofit organization that provides primary maternal health care to women in Sub-Saharan Africa. And I love your companies. I love what you do. I love the fact that you focus on new mothers, especially postpartum, right? Which is, I think, an area that's not really focused on um, as much as with everything else that relates to pregnancy or having a baby, right? It's all about baby gifts and preparing for pregnancy. But then when the baby's here, what about mom? The whole focus turns on baby. And I also love um, your nonprofit initiative with Africa Health Now, which you'll share more about. But I'd love for you to give everyone listening some background about why you started fourth phase, like what compelled you to get into that business? What is it about? We know it's about moms, but specifically, how do you support mothers postpartum, et cetera? Sure. So fourth phase actually stems from African health now. Um, so there, which is why I love doing this kind of work. They kind of are connected um, within African health now about 2017, I was at a, one of our mission trips and I witnessed a mom in Ghana um, at our uh, pregnancy uh, maternity clinic kind of salvaging her diaper um, after after her child's first movement. And, you know, when I asked her why, she was like, because I don't have any. And then she also didn't have any sanitary pads and she also didn't have anything for herself. And so we at um, African Health Now created this thing called the Maternity Go Box. So when we started doing the Maternity Go Box, we started having conversations with women here. We did like a global baby shower, um, fast forward in like 2018 or something. And a lot of moms talked about what they didn't know postpartum. And so we started to think through the connection of what on one end of the, on one end of the world, what women don't have 
and what they don't know. And then on the other end, where you think in this Western society where you have access to so much that there's still a demographic of women who don't know anything, there's nothing for them after they deliver. So we were like, well, why don't, is there a way to connect the two? And so we created the fourth phase. I created the fourth phase concept. So at first it didn't have a name. And I was like, I need to, I'm making this box and I want to concentrate on postpartum care because in the U.S., the care that is most um, talked about and most addressed is the prenatal care and making sure that the baby is okay. And after she delivers, what happens? Whereas on the continent, the flip side, the culture is after you deliver, that's when the people show up. There's no one shows up for you when you're pregnant. No one's rubbing your belly because we're very insular in that way. <laughs> when you're when you're pregnant, there's just like she's pregnant. Give her food and keep her moving. Um, but when you deliver, that's when the community of people actually show up and rally around you and help you heal. And I mean, for me, my mom came and lived with us for a year. But for people living in the U.S., they a lot of a lot of my friends and people that I were was meeting. They didn't have that. And they were like, I managed my whole postpartum by myself. I didn't know what I was doing. My husband didn't know what he was doing or my partner didn't know what they were doing. And we just struggled through it. And so that's how the kind of the, the concept and the idea around let's connect these two experiences together um, kind of came about. And then I just continued to build on it, which then created fourth phase. So the fourth phase box essentially is two boxes that one is a vaginal box and one is a belly birth box. And each of those boxes are just about the mother's physical, mental, and emotional healing. And so they're products that we created that are just for those types of recoveries. There's nothing about the baby in this box. Um, and then we have a platform, the Fourth Face Tribe, that also allows moms to connect and talk to each other and learn from each other and, and be open about their, their after birth experience. That's awesome. And I, I feel like you've kind of carved out a unique niche for yourself, especially here. Like you said, not a lot of focus is put on that postpartum. It's everything is prenatal. And then, you know, there's a few postpartum checks, but moms are typically just figuring it out on their own or with their partners. And that's pretty much it. So you are um, facing the challenge of launching a business, right? Um, building a business, a pandemic and all. Which is not intentional. I'm not <laughs> intentional, but you know, this is the season, right? Um, I think people are getting really creative now because it's like, wow, the pandemic has opened my eyes to a lot of uncertainty, made me realize many things in terms of like income stability. And I want mm -hmm. to create multiple streams of income. I want to take advantage of a wave, whatever it might be. I think a lot of people are being creative. So even though it's not intentional, I think you're in a good space. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd love for you to share because a lot of women listening and some men who listen to the podcast are in that space. And I think one of the questions I get asked so often right now is about getting started with business and just wanting to hear other people's stories. So I'd love for you to share as you navigate running two businesses with, with your focus now on fourth phase, what's been most challenging launching your business through the pandemic and just being a CEO, et cetera? The truth, the whole thing was a challenge. Um, <laughs> the whole thing. The whole thing. Was a challenge. challenge. From the beginning to the end, to the, to the middle, to where I'm sitting right now, to the stickers, to the labels, the whole thing's been a challenge. Um, but yeah, that's honest truth. The whole thing was something I'd never done before. So launching African Health Now, a nonprofit, 
And so that's like a social, that's a social thing. That's me deciding I want to use, you know, when we started African Health Now, I, start, I used my own money to create something and I was giving back. So there was no, there was no concept about let's think through revenue. Let's think through how do you make this sustainable in, 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 in the beginning. But with starting fourth phase, the whole thing had to come from, I had to really treat it like a proper, it was a business, it's a business. Mm-hmm. And I'd never started, or at least I approached it as I had never started a business. So I almost got to a place where I was a little crippled in not knowing what to do first. I, you know, does the, what comes first? Do you incorporate the name? Then I remember started thinking through the name and then someone was like, oh, well, you know, you can't use the word mama. I was like, why can't I use mama? I said, well, you can't actually <laughs> trademark the word mama. So then I had to meet with a trademark lawyer and all these things that I was just like, oh, and then, you know, well, what kind of a business is it going to be? It's for us in order to be a one for one and for us to make sense, we're public benefit corp. Well, what the hell is a public benefit corp? So then that took me back to thinking through what's a public benefit corp. What's a beat? All of these things. Then it was like, what's investors? So the whole thing was a, the whole thing has been a learning challenge. Um, but I think what I have what I have gained in kind of the the plan that I've put forth is that be, I'm okay not knowing what I don't know, and I'm okay surrounding myself with people who know those things and being able to ask for help. And and that's just how I've been operating. I'm okay to just be like, hey, <laughs> you. See, you got a whole website over there. How'd you get that? <laughs> I mean, you, you do have to, I mean, when you're starting a business, you definitely have to lean on your community, your network. You have to find people, find people. Um, outside of your comfort zone to speak to, to guide you. And I do agree, you know, business is challenging, but I think the the fact that you stick with it, that we stick with running a business just shows that there is, there's something, the pursuit of that thing <laughs> Yeah, the why. I think it's uh, yes. your why. If you have your why, because there were definite days in the pandemic where I was just like, because then I was like, I'm doing this in a pandemic. Did I really care about other people in a pandemic? <laughs> a global pandemic. I don't have toilet tissue. <laughs> I know. And but you continue because your why has always been greater than your why not, and so. I just, yeah, it, it was, it was definitely, it's, it's been a challenge. And I think that's what makes it a lot more interesting because if it was easy, everyone would do it. Yeah. Anyone would do it. So it's kind of like, it's a character builder and um, it pushes you outside. It, it's been pushing me outside of my comfort zone a lot. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, you can't build anything of value in your comfort zone. You have to be outside it, even if it's one toe or a whole leg or your whole body. <laughs> You're going to have to step out into that discomfort zone. Oh, God, comfortable. Can somebody give me a blanket? I know. <laughs> so, so Nana, you started this business and you talk about, like, you know, just different challenges, trying to figure out how to get it on its feet, how to figure out what you don't know, finding the, the right resources, pandemic, and all of that had to have had some kind of weight on just your mental and emotional aspect, right, of being an entrepreneur. So how have you navigated that mental and emotional aspect of entrepreneurship, especially given the unique circumstances that we're going through in the world? I have a comfort blanket. <laughs> That's the honest truth. I have a oh, you were joking. 
I'm wrapped in it right now as we take speed. <laughs> so, um, what is this podcast a challenge? Then? <laughs> no, I just like I just stay in my comfort blanket. I like I gotta have something to keep me together. But um, no, I it, it has been super emotional. It has been um, super challenging in that way in that you are navigating starting this business and you're still thinking through your family needs, your needs, and, and you're thinking about money and starting a business is actually putting all of your money into something or putting all of your resources into something. And so for me, it's, I've cried. I'm not even, I'm not ashamed to say that I've sat here and cried. I have watched ratchet television and I'm okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> and I wrapped myself in my comfort blanket. And those are <laughs> like real basic. My stuff is like, it's not going to be any profound anything. I'm sorry. <laughs> Real basic over here. Uh, lemon thin Oreos. <laughs> I haven't tried those. <laughs> those lemon thin Oreos will solve world, all kinds of world troubles in this place. <laughs> Just, all your life problems. <laughs> all your life problems with lemon thin Oreos. But, but yeah, know- that's, <laughs> I've been managing my emotional don't worry, I've been right there with you with the tears. I mean, you just have to as a business you have owner, to cry. Point where you just you're so frustrated or you just can't it's just so many roadblocks or just you're so tired. That tired one it's is a tired. Big it's really so tired. It's sometimes it's like I didn't realize that I have been sitting here. You know, we live in an apartment. And the other thing is that during the pandemic, it's also kind of we're we're all home. So I have my daughters in her room learning doing school. My husband has taken over the dining room and I've taken over the bedroom. And so because I'm in the bedroom, oftentimes he doesn't know when I've stopped working and I close the door. So I don't know when they've stopped working. And so I didn't know when to turn off and I was just on. And there were so many nights my husband slept on the couch because he was like, I thought you were still working. And I kept working because I thought he wasn't ready to come to bed. And I was like, and then it's like four in the morning and I was still staring and you're like, are you really doing any tangible work staring at a computer at four in the morning? Like, is it really, like, who are you talking to? Like, who did you email at Who responded to your email at four in the morning? And then no you, one. you well, I would you, respond. You would respond, right? <laughs> you, but like, no one was there. And I was like, I'm so tired. I haven't slept. And when you're so tired and running on fumes, you're not really making smart choices. Like, you're missing simple things I would miss yep. and I was like okay let's reset just stop like so so now I'm at a place where I don't work until four in the morning I make an effort to get up and go I was miss I was missing like literally all the meals he cooked all the meals because I was like well you're closest to the kitchen so <laughs> and I would miss breakfast I'd miss lunch I'd miss dinner by the time I would my kid would already be, which is great. Thankful. I'm very thankful. By the time I come out, my kid would already be bathed. The dishes would be done. And I'd be like, oh, oh, okay. Let me go back into my hut and keep working. But now I've made it an effort to like, look at the clock. When she's done with school at 2.30, I make an effort to stop and go out and see what her day was like and talk to her for a few and then come back in. I stop and talk to him. You know, everyone's, he pops in now a lot more frequently to say, how you doing? Are you good? that kind of thing. And so that's been a, that's been helpful in this time. And I think it'll get better when we can go back outside. But right now when we're all stuck inside, you have to check in with each other. That is very true. You know, the podcast before this one, I was, I had a conversation um, about just 
when you talked about, you know, staying up so late and are you really doing any productive work? And I've been there and I realized that I wasn't really because I was so exhausted. Like you said, I was missing things and then I would have to rework things. And I realized that if I just rested, I could get all the stuff I was trying to do done Mm -hmm. in a shorter amount of time and not be exhausted out of my mind at four o'clock in the morning. Four o'clock in the morning. Like, who are you talking to? Not worth it. But I get it because <laughs> when there's a certain stage you're in your business that you're like, I just need to, I, if I just do this one more thing, because my list is so long and I can just make this little bit more of progress. Mm-hmm. I can just do this one more thing. And then you're try- it's like a puzzle or a riddle that you're trying to solve and you're trying to solve it right then, right now. But it's like, girl, you have a whole marathon. Yes, it's a marathon. <laughs> it's not a race. That was, that's, that's a, such an important thing to say. It's, it is a marathon and it is not, it is like a, it's like seven New York city marathons <laughs> in one time. At once. At once. So don't sprint for no reason. <laughs> yeah. Pacing yourself is so important. No. I think for, for many entrepreneurs, it's a, it's a hard lesson to learn, but I think if you just start off with that pace, start out with that pace and just take your time. I feel like hustle culture is so, is so cool and so hype, especially on social media. Like it's like the whole hustle and die, hustle, hustle. If you're not hustling, you're not working. Grind till I die. Why do I do that? Like if you're, if you're not, if you're not grinding and hustling, you're not doing anything that's of value. I completely disagree, especially having gone through that and realizing that it's just going to age you fast. Mm -hmm. And exhaust you out of your mind. Yeah. So you can post on the gram that I'm hustling and grinding, whatever. And, and, then, no one, <laughs> and then no one likes your post and then you're mad. Because <laughs> nobody cares. <laughs> Hustle and grind all you like. Hustle and grind all you like. You still got five likes. Sure. So, <laughs> don't know what to tell you. <laughs> so now that you've kind of like gone through this initial startup phase of your business and you've had these different challenges and we'll get to some of your successes, but you've gone through these challenges and had these experiences. What is it that you know now um, that you would have done differently or that you would tell someone as advice who's thinking about starting a business right now with everything going on, the economy, et cetera? Ooh, for, for us, I think what I would, what I know now is that we would have spent a lot more time building our community. And that is something that we're doing on the back end. And, and it's been great, but I think it's like, you get to this place where you're like, well, I have a product and I want to give this product is this box and the product is the things in this box. Um, and so you spend a lot of, for, for, for my, my co-founder and I, we spend a lot of time curating and making these products and being like, this is the best product and this is the best formula. And what we were missing was making the community of people or like touching into the community of people who were going to need it. So maybe having started the blog first and really touching and gathering a lot more moms and doulas and things like that. I think that's what we missed. We missed the ability to, or what I would do differently is that we would have started the community first and then dealt, and then dealt with the product. Yeah, I agree. Community is very, very important because those are your word of mouth people. Those are your advocates. Those are your fans. 
right? Um, Especially when it comes to growth and sharing about your business and helping it catch on. But I think that even if you're building it now, right, you didn't focus on it, your business is relatively young and you focused on a good product, right? So it's either it's, it's, you build a community, you build the product at the same time, great, or you build your community and then you figure out the product later, or you build your product and then you figure out the community, right? Right. There's no one blueprint. Right. There's no one blueprint. It's all perspective. As long as you recognize that it's something that you have to do in order to grow your business. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And so it's like someone, I think my co-founder would probably be like, no, we did did it right on time. And I'm always like, ah, but we could have had, because then you start (laughs) thinking like, well, if you had community, then you would already have all the social followers. And she's like, well, then would they be real followers? I mean, just kind of, I think the other thing about being an entrepreneur is that unlike working for someone where there is a toolkit or a brand guide that was already established or like a, a how-to that was established before you started working at said corporation, when you're doing it yourself, you are the how-to. So the, everything is part of what's going to go into your how-to and your toolkit. And so you're constantly second guessing all your decisions and thinking, overthinking them oftentimes, or at least I am constantly in a state of overthinking. <laughs> yeah, I'm right there with you. I mean, for Clever Girl Finance, one of the things that I, I like I would say I wish I had done earlier was get really focused on technical content creation. So like specifically SEO, which mm. we've started doing in the last like two years. But prior to that, we created content, but it wasn't particularly technical. There wasn't like, it was just content for the sake of creating content. However, it was still incredibly beneficial because it helped us build our community. community. So I think whatever you do is not lost especially when you learn from it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's so many things that I would spend a lot of time doing in terms of just general content creation, especially in the early days that we just never do, never. But I learned so much. We never do it anymore, but I just learned so, so much from that time that I've been able to implement those lessons. So I think that we all have those um, things that we wish we could do differently. But then if we did those things, there would be other things. <laughs> there's always going to, and that's that the thing, there's always going to be something else because it's all perspective. It's like, no matter where you stand, you're always going to see this a little differently. So if we, to your point, if we would have built, spent more time building community, then by the time we would have launched a product and you asked me the same question, I would have said, I really wish I would have spent more time thinking through the product and making sure that we did a lot more product development. And so I, you know, I think the whole thing has been um, a, a learn, a, a learning, uh, not a learning curve. Is it a learning curve? But it, it's been a, a, a educational experience. Yeah. All together. And then one thing you didn't mention about your postpartum boxes is that for every purchase that is made, um, there is something similar that's created and given to moms in West Africa, right? Mm-hmm. And in the U.S. And in the U.S. as well, but in mm-hmm. like... Uh, I guess, lower income. Yeah. For, for women experiencing homelessness in the U S and for um, women who are under-resourced on the continent. So that's the part where we connected the two, which was thinking through if, if I can give you a gift here in America and you can, and with that one gift, I now have been able to help two other women that in and of itself is that whole concept of the, it's the, it's the whole idea around motherhood and yeah and in sacrifice and so um our business you know saying earlier that we became a, a to be a pbc instead of just being a regular corp we're a public benefit corp which means that as an or as a, a corporation we have a, we have put into our mission and 
in our ethos, essentially, that portions of our funding and our revenue will always go to, to for social impact. And so that social impact for us is our work with the two organizations, Passion Meets Purpose and African Health Now to start. Those are the two that we're starting with. But fourth phase boxes will always be a one-for-one one and they will always be for each box or each item that is purchased, there will always be a way in which that, that gets multiplied to um, impact the lives of others. I love that. So if you are listening to the podcast, you may not be a mom, but you probably know a mom, a friend having a baby, a relative, a coworker, acquaintance, this postpartum box is a great gift. And when you give it, other boxes get given to women who also need this, um, need these products, need these resources, but don't necessarily have access to them. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you guys have to check out the fourth phase box.com. Um, it's, I just, I love the fact that you give, you know, I mean, it's, it's a business obviously, right? We're all yeah. in business to make money, but there's just something really profound and impactful about a business that thinks beyond the dollars and is thinking about serving people who really need it. Right. Like it, it's things that we take for granted. Like, you know, when I had my babies, I got everything I needed at the hospital. I was fully insured. Like you, it was not even yeah. I thought of, but there was another mom, I'm sure having her babies at the right, at the exact same time as me, who didn't have the basics of the basic, childbirth yeah. for herself. Right. Um, and the, that experience delivery is not easy. And imagine if you don't have any resources, you don't have any support, you don't have any money, it becomes, the difficulty becomes compounded. Yeah. So the fact that you're giving back to help other mothers, other women is, is I, I just love that. So you guys definitely check out, check out the site. Um, so Nana, you have mentioned um, your business partner, your co-founder a couple of times in this conversation. And <laughs> I would love to learn more about how you found a business partner and partner and why did you feel you needed one? Um, so <laughs> yes, got shout out to Marcia. Hey, Marcia. Um, <laughs> Marcia. My vehicle <laughs> is uh, my, my co-founder and business partner. So I, I didn't know I needed one until I needed one. <laughs> I was like, ah, that's what you need. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so Marcia and I, oddly enough, um, it's it interesting because through the pandemic, we have not seen each other physically since 2018. So in 2018, oh, wow. yeah, we've been, we've created this thing without ever, see, without having seen each other in such a long time. So we've known each other for almost 20 some odd years. And in 2018, we were both like, um, whiteboarding. We spent a day together, like whiteboarding our ideas and trying to help each other brainstorm how, you know, we could make manifest these things that we had in our mind. And I had been working on fourth phase. And so I, she helped me kind of whiteboard. What would it look like? What could you do? Who could be your partners? All that stuff. And then, um, 29th, then at the end of 2008, she moved to Arizona and I kept working on it. Oddly enough, she called me right as I was in the midst of this and was like, you know, just to check up. And was like, hey, how's that project going? And I started to cry. She was like, well, damn, I guess. It's <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm overwhelmed. I can't figure this out. I don't know how to do this. I can't do this. And, da, da, da. and she was like, why didn't you call me? And what started off is just like a friend jumping in to help another friend. She started to realize and how much she was spending of her own time outside of what she had been like, oh, I help you do this two things. And she would be calling at 
three in the morning because I was still up <laughs> and was like, I got an idea. Let's do this. Let's do this. So finally, I was just like, you know what? You seem to be equally as passionate about this work as I am. And she was like, it's so weird. I am. And, and she's not a mom. And she's like, and I'm not a mother. But, I, you know, there's that imposter syndrome that people feel often like, can I really talk about postpartum care or after birth care if I'm not a mom? And so we talked to that and I was like, well, you have a vagina. So I think that qualifies. <laughs> what could be happening? So we can go through that. Um, and then she just, so we just kept going and kept working together. And we started to realize how well we work together and how well she works on web development and um, on, as, on our SEOs and all on, on our ads. And she just, that's her state. And then I work on the product development and talking to moms and creating our messaging. And so it just came to a place where I was just like, so do you want to do this together? And she was like, you know, I think I do. And, and that is how we kind of got together. Um, there was no, the, I didn't go into the, I didn't go into this with the idea that I would need a co-founder. I was not adverse or opposed to having one. I just didn't know what that would mean. And, um, and then until we started to work together and I was like, well, a co-founder is really a partnership. And I would much rather do this with someone that I trust and that I know has my back. And then I, that also has the same amount of passion to provide this kind of service to moms um, as I do and then be doubly as impactful and get more of the work done. And so that's kind of how we got together. Um, so I hope that answers your question. <laughs> yeah, it does. And I, I always like to hear people's um, co-founder stories. Like, you know, some people meet organically, your friends, like you and Marcia. Some people meet from introductions. Some people meet from entrep entrepreneur um, networking, intentionally looking for a co-founder and then they become friends or maybe not so much afterwards, but it's essentially <laughs> this new relationship that you build, right? And um, I, I definitely think that in a business, um, especially a business that you're building to scale, a, a co-founder can be um, very beneficial. I don't have a co-founder. I'm a solo founder and I have definitely struggled. And that's something that my advisors have said, well, do you want to have a co-founder, right? Um, but again, it's that organic connection. It's having, being able to, when you think about it, right? when you start your business, it's not like you're like, hey, co-founder, come over and you get 50%. Yeah. But like, what is 50% worth at the beginning? I can't give cash in your hand. I can't like slap a million dollars in your palm and say, right. here's your here's your payment for being the co-founder of this company. Like you're working for free. You're working <laughs> right <for> free. now. <laughs> exactly. And I think that's the other that's piece. That's a big like, sacrifice. That's a big sacrifice. have bills. Who doesn't have bills to pay, right? Exactly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you know, this ain't, there's no money, right? She was like, I know there's no money. I'm, like, I'm looking at you. I, was like, I just wanted to be, everybody should be clear. Not like I have a special check that I'm getting from the, I'm the check. There's no check yet. Um, <laughs> the check is my love. <laughs> the check is my love. And being and up at 4 a.m. Yeah. And she was, she, she started to, and she demonstrated how passionate she was about it. And in our, in, in conversations, like I know I've heard of horror stories for people with their co-founders. And so yep. that was always a thing or people who were friends and then got into a co-founder thing or got into business together and the friendship created and all that. And um, I think for us, what has been thus far has been really important is that we've always put honesty and communication at that at, at, at the top. And so even when we have conversations with people, and I think we're having a conversation one day and, you know, with our attorneys and, and it was actually in a conversation with our attorneys and the attorney kept 
downplaying her. One of the attorneys kept downplaying her. And in any setting, whether it was an attorney or nothing, I, I kicked in and was like, okay, you got to stop. You keep talking about her in this sense that I, I don't think you're getting, you know, and I stood up for her. And I didn't realize that I was standing up for her as my business partner. I was standing up for her as that was my girlfriend on the call and you talking real slick. <laughs> so <laughs> after we got off the phone, she called me and she was like, I just wanted to say thank you. And I was like, for what? And she was like, you stood up for me in that call. And, you know, even though it's an, a company that you founded first and you started the work first, you know, me coming in and, and joining it, oftentimes what happens is that people put a, a weird value on it. Like, well, it's, it's really mine and you are. And she was like, and you didn't do that. And I really appreciate that. And I was like, oh, I didn't think about it that way. I just didn't like the way he was talking to you as my girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, that's my home girl. I talk to my friends so crazy. And, but in that conversation, what we discovered was that, you know, that was an important thing for her is that to feel supported in a partnership, in a business partnership is that you have to feel that your partner will go to bat for you and will make sure that the, that the integrity of your relationship is still intact in that. And yeah, so those yeah. are certain things that we've been learning and we've always put it at the forefront is like when we get into a call we align before we jump on a call and so by the time I get on the call and she gets on the call she already knows I'm gonna say x and I already know how she feels and we're both batting for each other to win even if we don't agree we're still kind of both batting for each other to make sure because the win is fourth phase is the win yeah, um, yeah. and so that's how we've been approaching it I love that and, you know, I've actually heard of um founders who go to therapy together <laughs> for the sake of their relationship over their working relationship. Um, but yeah, I think it's a great idea to have a founder because you can divide and conquer and yeah. this person that is going through the journey with you where you don't have to deal with it in isolation. Um, but not everybody you know, wants a co-founder, has a co-founder. I don't have a co-founder, but I think you are still able to build your business and make it work. You just find other ways to get the support you need by hiring, mm -hmm. by leaning on your your group of peers, your mentors, your advisors, et cetera. But um, I just, I wanted to ask you that because a lot of times I interview business owners on here and very few of them, um, of, the, of the people I've interviewed have had co-founders or talked about their co-founders in detail. So I was like, you know what? That's a little different. Let's talk about that. Just learn yeah. more about how that came about and how it works. Um, and I love that. Yeah, I love Marcia. I love, and I just, yeah, I think that that's been, for me, I get stuck. I don't think we would have gotten this far. I mean, I think I would have, I would have eventually gotten here, but there's been so much about the work that even when I started to play small, she challenges me and is like, you're playing small again. Think big, think about it this way. Look at what you can do. And so that's been really great. And, and my personality also, and I think co-founders and businesses are, I, that's a lot about his personality base is like, how does your personality work? I don't really work well in a silo. Mm -hmm. I like people around me. I like noise around me. Right? Cause you're <laughs> extroverted like that, Nana. <laughs> noise. Like, even now my husband's like, you got the TV on, you got Alexa playing music. And I was like, I need all of the sound effects. <laughs> and I need to work in silence. <laughs> Other people need to work in like extreme. I'm like, well, we can never work together. <laughs> You're going to be mad all the time. I'm that office we're thinking about that, I ain't going to work. Because <laughs> I'm literally playing Buju real loud for no reason. 
So for yeah. you guys wondering about our inside jokes, Nana is actually my family member, our husbands, our cousins. And so we <laughs> talk about business all the time and we actually considered a shared office space. I but now that she's saying all these things, mm-mm, can't work. No. But I think if we just get soundproof walls, we can make it work. Mm-mm. <laughs> Problems, girl. You sound like a with the TV on. I'm talking, it's a lot. It's so tragic. I, my (laughs) poor husband, because my husband works in silence, he works in silence. He has music playing in his ear, but it's like, yeah, I'll work with him. (laughs) Yeah, you can work with I. I can't even sit, we can't even share a dining room table together because our working styles are so different. Oh, that's funny. So let's shift gears a little bit and let's talk about some of your proudest business moments or just some notable successes that you've had to date that, you know, are the things that motivate you to be like, I can keep doing this business. This is so worth all the tears, the tiredness, everything. What have been some great things that have happened with Fourth Phase Box? Um, Actually seeing our products. Um, When Fourth Phase started, I mean, I think in the beginning, when I had it in my mind, it was like curating, curating the market for great products that were in the market or something. And everyone kept saying, well, why don't you make your own products? Like, what's wrong with that? And I was just like, no, I don't know how to do that. And they were like, yeah, I know you don't know how to do that. <laughs> so we're telling you to figure that part out. And coming to the place where we figured it out and we now have of the 14 items, we have 12 fourth phase branded products that are out. And they look amazing. Yeah, that we designed, that we, you know, our fourth phase body butter, our cocoa nip, our belly birth balm, um, our gusha stone, which is like a lactation massager for your breasts if they're engorged. Um, Like our, our, we've created a milk tea, um, our milk blend, which is a lactation tea. So like all these things, and we just were actually now coming out with a partnership with a company called um, Floral Bloom. I hope I said that right, because I know her by her first name, Jen. Jen, I love you. Forgive me if I forgot the name of the company. But Jen, <laughs> we partnered with Jen, um, Jen Hickman, and we are doing our own kind of um, elixirs and um, like a replenish elixir to help boost mom's immune systems and kind of recenter her. And so we have all these products that are ours. And I think that has been so amazing because it's like what starts off as an idea in your head. And then you're like, well, what is like, let me research the ingredients. Let me trial and error. Let me turn my kitchen into a lab. And then you finally come to a product that works. And then I test, we tested it out and sent it out to moms and then they were responding back and they're like, I love the shea butter. Oh my God, this nipple cream really works. And one mom says, I love the, you know, and, and getting, and getting feedback. Like I love the milk, the first iteration of our milk blend. We got moms that was like, I love it. It's really helping me produce milk, but it's very heavy in one ingredient. And we're like, okay, well, that means we should bring down, let's test out another batch. And so it just became what started in my mind is one thing has so evolved into something completely different. And it's really amazing to see the end result. Um, And that's the end, the final product that is now, you know, the fourth phase boxes. 
That's awesome. And they look, they look so good. Like I said, everyone listening, go check out these products. They're great as a gift or for yourself. Um, but they look so, so good. So congratulations, Nana, you guys have done such incredible work so far. And yeah, so those are all the questions I had for you. And I'm, I'm so grateful that you made time finally to come on the podcast. You're a busy woman to get a hold of. (laughs) 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 Before I let you go, you have to tell everyone, what is your clever girl superpower? Okay. My superpower, um, my superpower is the ability to stay honest to myself and, and, and I hope that's a real superpower, but, but that's something it I is. myself in, is that I am able to check myself when I start to go down the spiral of, um, when I start to spiral down, which is that spiral of social media, the spiral of comparison, I'm able to check myself and get back into my own race. And that is my superpower. That's great. I love yeah. that. Well, thank you for sharing, Anna. And before you go, finally, finally, let everybody know where to find you, where to find the products, how to keep in touch with you, social media, all the good stuff. Awesome. So please, 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 we are super excited. Our site is ready and taking orders um, to purchase our boxes. It is fourthphasebox.com. And then you can follow us on social at fourthphasebox. That's both Instagram and Facebook. Um, and we're also joining Clubhouse, so we're excited about that. And that's also the fourth fourth phase tribe um, is our Clubhouse name. And so please join us at Clubhouse. Join us for our IG lives. We do a healing after birth every Wednesday, and then a two founders conversation on Fridays, which is really fun. Um, so yeah, that's where we are. Awesome. We'll be sure to include all that information in the show notes as well. Thank you so much, Nana. This was great. This was fun, Bala. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode, and I hope you enjoyed it. If you've loved the episode, but you don't yet subscribe to the podcast, you can do that everywhere you listen to your podcast episodes and head on over to iTunes and leave a review so other amazing women just like you can find this podcast as well. Thank you so much for being here and I'll talk to you on the next episode.